Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Priceless Podcast. This podcast is going to be a little bit different because I'm finally doing it in person with my guest today. So it was a little bit stressful to get ready today to kind of get used to setting up the light for two of us, but I'm so happy that this is possible now. If you want to follow this podcast and get news about what's happening with the podcast you can subscribe to our newsletter you can follow us on facebook and instagram and you can of course visit our webpage this podcast is made in partnership with the european forum of lgbt christian groups and we are actually having the conference here at the Paulus Academy in Switzerland, Zurich. This podcast is also part of the series Let Us Be Heard, sponsored by HMS. So it's time to come to our guest today. His name is Chongor Kozma, and he's from Davos, but now he's living in Zurich as much as I know. He's a theologian and he's the director of the Paulus Academy, Academy where we are right now having the conference. Welcome, dear Chongor, and thank you for being my guest today. Well, thank you having me. Well, this podcast is also priceless for us, so we can spread <laughs> our uh, messages uh, from, the, for, from the Paulus Academy to the world. Yes. Thank you. Well, I have to say the Paulus Academy, from what I saw, is really interesting. Um, who knows, maybe we, we could do something also about the Paulus Academy. But today I would like to hear a little bit more. So you studied theology with an emphasis and major in ethics, as much as I understand. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to tell our viewers <laughs> and listeners about yourself? Who is Chongor? Now, I, I think you got the most important points of my resume. Of course, I hope that as a person I am more than that. Uh, but I'm um, looking forward for your questions, and that which uh, I, I, I'm sure help me to reveal more of my myself. Okay. So the first question I have is actually I read some articles about you. I tried to prepare this interview because this is the first time that we met. And I read a lot about that people are saying, calling you a migrant, but you were actually born in Switzerland, but you have a Hungarian heritage. And this is so interesting for me because I'm, uh, I, I have dual citizenship. I'm, I was born in Germany. I grew up in Croatia. My dad was Croatian. My mom is German. So I never belonged anywhere. <laughs> I was always the foreigner. Um, so I'm really interested, how does this influence you, your life, your work as this so-called migrant also with a different sexual orientation? Yes, well, it's true. I, I, I grew up in Switzerland in that little Swiss town uh, of Davos in the mountains. And uh, I, the society around me made me feel that I am not Swiss, mm. but I was longing to be uh, Swiss. And later I realized that I'm different also in other ways, but mm. I was still longing uh, to, to, uh, for acceptance. Mm. And I think this experience um, made, me, made me sensitive for the issues of diversity and inclusivity mm. and led me 
to my job as the director of an institution which uh, shares those values. In this articles, uh, there was also mentioned, and I already mentioned in the question, uh, that you are gay. You, you talked about that it was that you went through a hard process of self-acceptance and well we all know how hard it is to be LGBT plus within the Catholic Church and you're Catholic. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your process of self-acceptance as a theologian, as a member of the Catholic Church? Yes, uh, yes of course. As I just mentioned, I, I was I, I was longing for acceptance and uh, for a um, very long time because of that I avoided the thought of being different, which was uh, much easier than nowadays because in that little Swiss town of Davos in the mountains uh, there was no gay person I knew of and at that time the um, representation of positive um, gay people in popular culture was was very little. Mm. So I think the turning point came. <laughs> the turning point came actually when I was uh, watching the Rocky Horror Picture Show, where Frank and Furter at the end is singing, "Don't dream it, be it." Mm. And in the same time, I was watching was watching that at that time when I was falling um, truly in love with a friend from high school and that made me suffer like a dog. It, uh, it tore me almost apart the, who I was or I, who I felt I was and who I wanted to be because of the acceptance. But um, at the end, um, you know, that, that started, this turning point started a process, a process of, of about 20 years, mm -hmm. of which at the end I have true friends, a beautiful family, a fulfilling job, and the self-confidence to call myself a Christian mm -hmm. and a part of a rainbow family. Thank you for sharing this. I mean, it's You're always, welcome. you know, it's encouraging. I, I know we have viewers and listeners, you know, and we might have viewers and listeners that I don't know about that are still suffering, you know, still trying to accept themselves and have a hard time because, yes. you know, we often, I mean, so many of us thought that we are the only ones and didn't know anyone else, especially when we grew up in, in churches yes. where we didn't know who to turn. And of course, our time there was no internet <laughs> where we could look for a little bit more support and other things. So one interesting thing for me is ethics. How did you decide to study ethics and does it have to do anything with your self-discovery, with kind of with your wrestling with yourself? Yeah, I, well, I decided to study only theology, actually, for, for the first two years. And then I uh, went to Jerusalem for one year to study there. And I came back and I, I knew and I felt that I had to do also something else, you know, not to just be in that bubble of theologians. theologians. And um, I started to study also science of religions. But the, the issue with the ethics, well, for... 
that I have to say I felt always uh, protected and guided in my life. Um, there were doors which opened and I only had to step through. And that was a, a thing about ethics. Um, I, um, I started to work during my uh, studies in theology already um, at uh, recently founded um, National Advisory Board of Biomedical Ethics. And it made sense that I write my uh, master thesis uh, in the field of bioethics. Mm -hmm. And later on, when I um, worked as an executive sec secretary for the Foundation Health Promotion Switzerland, uh, I started another uh, master program in, in business administration. And it made sense to deepen my, my, my knowledge in that field and to um, graduate with a master thesis in, in, in business ethics. Hmm. So that's, that's my journey to ethics. Of course, through theology, because we, in theology we had uh, not what is called ethics, but we had moral philosophy, that's hmm. how they called it, or hmm. the, theological ethics. The ethics of the church towards LGBT people are very different, maybe from some that we perceive today. How did you wrestle with this, like the view of the church of on or about LGBT people? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, the church, I mean, in, in my comprehension, we are church. You are church, I am church, and not, not those above us uh, are church and, yeah. uh, and, and those people who work for the church and should work for us and not against us. So that's the first thing, what, what is church? And the second thing is, um, there is no, I, if you say ethics of the church, you mean like dogmas and, and that they behave uh, um, towards us yeah. uh, or towards the LGBTI community. But that's, that is what I call moral ethics. Ethics is something, ethics has the structure of a dialogue and not of a monologue. So we have to talk about ethics and we have to, we have to find ourselves maybe also um, finding compromises and, and to establish something um, values and moral and, and, and the reasoning around these moral phrases, which, I, which is ethics. Mm. And that means also that ethics can change. Ethics can change in, in the timeline and uh, because it has the structure of a dialogue and be because it depends of people and their views and their context. So context changes yeah. and people change and so ethics change too. I love this concept of dialogue. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, that's good because we are doing an interview here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I would like to know, I mean, the Paulus Academy is a lot about dialogue. Exactly. Can you can you maybe tell a few words? I mean, we mentioned Paulus Academy yes. and somehow I didn't have it in the questions, but I think it's I ridiculous not to talk about it. Yes, I would love to do that. The Paulus Academy um, was um, founded uh, after the Second uh, 
Council of in, uh, Vatican Council, and um, the motto of of that council was um, open the windows to the world, and so the the Catholic Church of Zurich took that very uh, seriously, and it was already a, let's say a liberal church, and so they thought, well, that's a good idea. Let's uh, get in dialogue with the world, and. Uh, they thought, okay, we need we need uh, like a place uh, and and um, and the center of dialogue for for this for this dialogue with the, uh, between church and 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 the world, and so how Paulus Academy was was um, was funded. Um, meanwhile, it's clear it's need, it's not it's not um, a dialogue between church and the world or the society or belief and society mm. because the people are society and they are church so that's why we say uh, the Paul's academy is an is is a is a center of dialogue in church and in society for and that's our claim questions of nowadays okay um, so we are not uh, dealing with uh, history of the church or with the past, but with the questions of today. And for this, um, we have five uh, fields of actions. The first is theology and religion, because we believe that it, it belongs together. The, the main word in these this three words is the end, mm -hmm. theology and religion. And then we have um, business and social ethics, also the end, because business should be there for yeah. the social, for the people, right? Um, and then we have, have the um, environmental and, um, and the health ethics. We have also philosophy and politics. Well, that's a more, Platon, Platonic um, um, comprehension of philosophy that has very much to do with with politics, also ethics, actually. And uh, the fifth is diversity and inclusivity. Mm -hmm. And that's if you if you look at these five fields of actions, that is the only field which doesn't um, mark um, the field. Which where we, uh, in, in which we are uh, organizing um, events and dialogues, but it's program. It it means we are for diversity and inclusivity. Mm -hmm. So tell me. I mean, this is extremely interesting, um, and I hear your excitement. <laughs> <laughs> My passion, I hope. <laughs> a passion, yes, yeah. that's a better word for what you're doing. And you already said that you're so uh, happy that, you know, your life and everything, the doors that were opening yes. led you to this place. So how is it as a gay man who has a rainbow family, a partner and uh, a daughter? What are the challenges? How are people reacting uh, to you as an openly uh, rainbow family man? In the church or in, or well, in the society maybe in general? First, let's first talk about Paulus Academy. And yes. I, I guess the church is also kind of supporting the Paulus Academy. 
Yes, exactly. Well, the Paulus Academy, um, you're right. We are we are um, a private, actually, a, a, a private foundation. We are foundation, so independent. But the money comes for the Catholic Church, and they have also uh, some words to say to our program and to who we are. Uh, but I have to say, um, there are there were never no challenges concerning the Catholic Church in Zurich. The Catholic Church in Zurich accepted me from the beginning for who I am. That's the beautiful thing about the Catholic Church in Zurich. Um, The challenges in general as uh, being a Christian and part of a rainbow family is, well, there are no challenges because uh, Catholics don't have a problem with rainbow families. They have a problem with gay, lesbian, and trans people raising kids. Concerning this, there is still a lot of work to do. Yeah, yeah. So from when you mentioned that one of the pillars or directions that you go in is diversity and uh, inclusivity. inclusivity, is LGBT and LGBT topics, is that part of it? Yes, it got part. Well, the, the most, the biggest parts are probably disabled persons, mostly physical problems, but also uh, uh, psychological problems. Um, so there we would probably talk more about inclusion, okay? Uh, but it's also the, the whole question of migration, which is also a big question. And there we talk about inclusivity, um, meaning that um, it's important that they have um, political rights to or every minority. And um, these are the main fields in this field of action, diversity and inclusivity, I would say. And also the most of our events is turning around these issues uh, and is about these issues. But from t- time to time, well, diversity con- is also con- concerns, of course, also uh, other minorities like the LGBTIQ community. Yeah. So, uh, of course, we, we do and we have to do, we have to do um, events uh, for this minority, about this minority. And like I said, it's also, it's a contemporary question especially in the church, and we have to do something um, around this question and to try to find answers and to promote their, uh, their inclusivity, their inclusion. And, and, we, we, and we also want to do that. You know, I, I, I hesitate because we try to not take part, but of course, at the end, we 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 have do have we do have to have a position that concerns also my my life till now we um if you if you are longing for acceptance you have to enter in a dialogue and you have to look for maybe also for compromises mm. and so it's very important to listen also to the to the other side mm. okay so that's and that's our role you know Let's say we have an event, a podium. Um, I, I, we, t- we try to, to, to enter in a dialogue, in a true one, in an open-ended dialogue, 
and uh, not in a discussion or a fight or a debate. And and uh, I, of, as a moderate, do you say moderator? I don't even don't know in English. Uh, Somebody would like someone who moderates conversations. Exa exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. who moderates conversation. Moderate I try to mediator. A <laughs> mediator. I try not to take part, and I try to understand every side. So the fact that you're gay and part of in a way, like LGBT plus community, whatever that means. I'm, I'm yes. a little bit against this word because it sounds so cohesive, but we are yeah. different. And very, it's, it's not like we think all alike and we have the same idea. But uh, being gay, do you have, is it hard to kind of push an LGBT topic? Like, is there a lingering fear? Oh, if I push this, they're going to say, of course, he's going to push it because he's... LGBT. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. You know, we had in the, um, for example, we had um, last autumn, there was um, this political uh, debate and, and uh, national voting about uh, marriage for everybody. And so we thought we have to do uh, something, uh, an event around this, this, this question. And, but there were a lot of other events, you know, um, because it was a political um, topic yeah. for today. And, um, but it was, so we said, okay, we, let's focus, let's focus at, for, uh, at this question in, 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 in the church. So we made an evening with an input from a professor for 20, 30 minutes. And we called it not marriage for everybody, but uh, blessing for everybody. But because it was about this question in the Catholic Church. And I asked um, um, my, my uh, employee, the, the, um, Mr. Muders, who, are, who is, who is um, working for the field of action, um, health and, um, and environmental ethics, to moderate this because um, I said ex exactly for that reason because I thought maybe people think that um, I'm not neutral as a moderator so and and I take part and I didn't want it that yeah. you know yeah. so I tried to step back but for example on Friday during this Congress of the European Forum there will be also an evening about the question LGBT and being Christian, and I will I will moderate that. Well, that that fits. That is okay, I yeah. think. So uh, yes, of course, I um, I try to be sensitive for also um, how 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 I act as a director or uh, as a as, as somebody who organizes events and moderates them. I think that is important. So one lingering question <laughs> that is always there is, I mean, even I got this question. Uh, so why would you, as a gay man, want to stay within the realms <laughs> and surrounding of the Catholic Church, which I heard in Zurich is very open, but in general, there are still so many problems, so many issues. Um, discrimination and everything so people ask why so what is your reason to stay connected and 
continue identifying as Catholic? Well, I can tell you it's not because I'm the director of an institution <laughs> who's paid from the Catholic Church. I it's not so. because I uh, don't want to lose uh, my job. This question, it, it was also, it was a question for me too once. Uh, but then I realized that um, the institution, the, the religious institution, the church in this case, you were born into is like your family. And it's like with your family, the relationship with your family. They may drive you crazy, but you love them anyway. And if you, if you leave them, you leave a big part of yourself. You know, so you can do that, but you, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big decision. And you have to reflect that very well. Well, I decided to stay. And if I have a message for the members of our LGBTIQ community as Christians, I would say stay fight for what you believe in and don't give up the hope that love can change everything. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Well, of course, I know there are sometimes people that just don't have the strength. So well, be aware of what you can do and what is okay for you, I think. But that's uh, clear. So thank you for saying that because I think I was once told many years ago that there are two different kinds of people that change the church from within and from outside. And it's important to have both of those people. Yes. So, and we understand the context. So, so you work a lot with dialogue. Um, do you see that you being gay and different and then also growing up you know, being constantly the foreigner yes. <laughs> in Switzerland. Yes. Do you think, well, I think you already answered a little bit of that question, yeah, yeah. but maybe you want to say more. Where do you see the advantages of, of this, of your experience for this work that you do? Exactly. Well, the answer has like two parts. The first part I already uh, mentioned, I answered. It's, it's really that uh, my struggles um, made me sensitive for diversity and inclusivity, and uh, that is also an issue of the Paulus Academy. Of course, it influences my work, and I think also positively. Uh, but the other thing is, or maybe I have to to um, say it from another perspective: uh, the origins of phil philosophy is not the question "Who am I?" but "Why me?" Mm. <laughs> So those struggles um, for being accepted in front of the others, but also uh, this self-acceptance, they, um, they made me think. Uh -huh. That's what philosophy is about. And they, they, they made me enter in a dialogue. And they made me look for... Um, solutions, maybe compromises, solutions by compromises. Mm -hmm. And um, they made me look for creative solutions. I think, I think suffering, not always, but um, 
can be an enhancer for finding creative solutions and solutions uh, with which everybody can live. Isn't that kind of where all the art is coming from? <laughs> also, yeah, that's that's what we uh, that's what we say. That's what they say. Yes, uh, yeah. probably yeah. yes. So there is a lot of creativity in suffering. So Buddhists are up to something. I mean, they're. <laughs> I mean, if you are if you are uh, if you have your perfect life, why would you want to change something? And if you don't want to change something, why would you try to? change something yourself your uh, environment talk with the others why should you talk with the others yeah. Yeah. and then you can drink and make party with the others but i would say at least 99 of this uh, of the people in this world are not rich <laughs> and um, they they want to change uh, their lives or something in their lives at yeah. least yeah. i asked one activist like he was really frustrated and he said i want this society to change already and like i'm sick and tired mm -hmm. and i said okay let's imagine society changed and lgbt plus people are just perfectly accepted and there is no difference anymore what would you do <laughs> and he was like Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> I said, yeah, well, you know, one part of us, we are frustrated, but we also enjoy that we can do something and that we have a purpose. <laughs> I, yeah, probably we will find another purpose. That's yes, true. But yes. I think the main word is uh, I wanted to change it already or, or immediately. And uh, we have we just have to accept it that. Um, how do you say don't rush good things mm. or good things need time. They need time and patience. So um, not to giving up is not about not giving up um, because of the obstacles, but also uh, not don't uh, don't resignate. You say I don't know if you say resignate yeah, in English, yeah. but don't don't let it go. Don't let it go. Be patient, but be um, right there. Be be steady and attentive and, and go forward. Try to balance your energies and put them in the right way So and in the right focus. Mm -hmm. I think that is a very important uh, thing. You know, to return to a uh, former question about, about the challenges of a part of a rainbow family, maybe it's not like I said. Of course, I heard that they are people who have a problem with me in the church and blah blah but they don't say it to my face so they i i so i won't look for them and and try to argue with them if they want to tell me something they shall tell me but they have to um count with my uh how do you say with my energy i i want um, there is no discussion about my family and uh, about and and yes, unfortunately, I'm a theologian, and I can <laughs> argue why to be a Christian and a member of the LGBTIQ uh, community is not a problem. So they can argue with you, but yes. they're going to have a very hard job. <laughs> exactly, they <laughs> they are very welcome to argue, but they have to, and they just have to accept that I won't. Um, I won't back down. Yeah, yeah.
Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you hope for to accomplish through your work here at Paulus Academy? Well, we, the Paulus Academy, we, we uh, commit ourselves to organize dialogues, open-ended dialogues. And we believe and we hope that these dialogues are not uh, only for finding solution for a problem, but they are the first step towards a world where every human being can develop freely and responsible, responsibly and uh, thrive, flower and bloom and bloom like a flower. Well, that's, that is what we are hoping for. Is there any piece of wisdom or, <laughs> you know, maybe a sentence or something that was really important for you in your life and that was carrying you? I know this is a very broad question. No, no. And I guess there are probably many influences and many important authors and happenings. But what would you share with our viewers and listeners as something that was carrying you through life? Oh, I have a very uh, clear idea about that. And what I told you about my family, my Hungarian family, my rainbow family, my um, being Christian, my work, uh, there, there is something. And I always say I teach what I what I was taught by my grandparents and my parents. And that is first, every work is good work because they suffered of also of being unemployed. And that means my grandfather told me, remember, it's not your work which gives you dignity, but it's you who gives dignity to your work. Okay, so um, being a um, toilet cleaner does not define you, you as a person and your dignity. Okay, then you can do your job very well also as a toilet cleaner. But be always, have this attitude. You have dignity. You, you, it's not dignity which is given by you to any work. That's the first thing. The second thing is um, never stop to learn. Because my grandparents made the, um, made the experience when the Soviets entered in the Second World War. My, my, my grandparents told me they were taking them away everything, even the carpet under, the, under their feet. Mm -hmm. So uh, they had to rebuild everything from the ground and from the beginning with my grandfather, my grandmother with six children, seven children, six girls and one boy. And uh, the only thing they had were they, uh, their, their knowledge yeah. and their capacities. So um, that's why they always told me never stop to learn because what you have in your head, nobody can take away. Mm. That's the point. And the third thing is um, always be a gentleman. And what is a gentleman? I asked my grandfather when I was a child and he said that somebody who makes 
the people around you feel at ease. Mm -hmm. That's something beautiful. I love that. Maybe a fourth thing which told me my grandmother, I don't know if it's really um, an established sentence phrase, phrase in, in the Hungarian culture, but it said, where there is no hospitality, there are no angels. Mm. That's also, I love that. And that's what I, that's I always uh, say, what I inherited from, from my Hungarian part of the family, from my Hungarian family, because everybody's Hungarian there, uh, is this hospitality. I love to cook and have a lot of friends, a lot of times, a lot of evening, evenings, actually all the time. I'm not a person who needs, um, you know, quiet and uh, being alone. Oh, I, I, I love to be with people and to talk and uh, yeah, so that's, 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 that's something which they, I learned from them, this hospitality, I hope so. Hmm. Well, I definitely experienced you as being the gentleman. <laughs> well, thank I feel you. at ease with you. So. Oh, that's <laughs> thank beautiful. You. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. I don't know about, well, you welcomed us here, so, <laughs> and you were willing to come, so you, I feel welcome here, so thank you for that. But I have to ask you one more question, because yes. you mentioned your family, your yes. wider family. How are they? How is your relationship with them, and how did they accept you? Um, well, that's fun. Uh, it's uh, no, it's not fun. It's it's my family. Well, my uh, parents are beautiful. Um, I my I thought when I tell my father that I'm gay that he will chase me and uh, from the house and the way and everything, but he surprised me. He always surprises me. I um, I always thought I knew him, but he always surprises me in a positive way mm. and I just I only told him that uh, um, that I have a boyfriend when I had a boyfriend because I didn't want to there was no uh, no sense or at the time I thought it was no there there's no myth, meaning to to tell him if if there is nothing I mean just because I'm gay who cares yeah. but then I had a friend that I didn't want to hide him and uh, I brought him at home and uh, I told my father, I'm coming for Christmas with my boyfriend. And uh, my boyfriend was a Muslim at that time. <laughs> and so he didn't have Christmas. That's why I said, I'm, I'm, I'm coming home from Christmas. Every Christmas I will come home as, as long as you live and as long as you are alone, I will come home for Christmas because Christmas is a family, a family event. And, but I will bring my boyfriend and uh, we entered and he, he just grabbed him and hugged him and I was like <laughs> and and then we played Rome and he was giving him the best card so uh, they loved they accepted my boyfriend they loved him they still do he's my ex-boyfriend but they have a great relationship they love me but you know they still are children of their generation and of their time and of their um maybe christianity yeah and uh, if i would tell them that i fell in love with a woman and she's expecting a child they were super they would be super happy probably <laughs> and yeah. but i don't think that, that, that they would be more happy 
Then the other thing is that are my parents. Of course, I have a wider family. And um, when I got director of the Paulus Academy, I told my aunt, um, and she's so Catholic, about 85, and I told her so proudly, I'm becoming director of the Paulus Academy, which uh, is a Catholic institution. And she told me, <laughs> came, it was not reflected, it came from, yeah. from the stomach, from the heart. <laughs> she told me, oh, the bishop, your bishop made a big mistake. <laughs> and I didn't say anything. I, I, I wasn't looking for, for a fight, but I know that my nephew, uh, no, my godchild even, not my nephew, my godchild, uh, who's, an, who's, an, who's a, um, a grandchild of, my, of this aunt, uh, he was, I think he talked, talked about, uh, with her and she was calling me three days after and, uh, she was, uh, she was excusing herself that she didn't meant that. And that was cute. You know, yeah. she, she has her principles and, but she loves me, you know, she's, she's ready to take a step over the gap, uh, and, and leave her principles because of the love for me. And, and she's struggling with it. But I mean, I struggled also for about 20 years being gay. So I, she will get that time. Okay. Yeah. She will get that time. We have to, like I said, we have to be patient um, with our sur surrounded family and, and friends and, and hope for the best. At, in the end, it will be like Conchita Wurst said at the Eurovision when she when she won. Yeah, we are unstoppable. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of my friends said the superpower of LGBT people is that we are in every family. <laughs> there is at least someone somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So thank you. Uh, Tongor for being my guest today. I really, really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you very much, Mel, for giving me the opportunity. Oh, you're thank you. Very welcome. And thank you for having us here as and being a great host. Uh, oh, thank you house. for being here and uh, helping to, to be what uh, we stand for, for diversity and inclusivity. Thank you. Oh, I'm glad. Thank you, dear viewers and listeners, for being with us uh, today. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. Uh, this podcast is made in partnership with the European Forum of LGBT Christian Groups. It is part of the Let Us Be Heard series, supported by HMS. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and you can visit, visit our webpage. And of course, you can find the link even to the Paulus Academy uh, down in the podcast description. So don't forget to visit, and maybe you'll find even another interesting link there. So uh, look there. See you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.